With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Do you got your mask? Do you got your sanitizer? Are you six feet away from the person next to you? Are you being drove crazy yet? This is the new normal in the world we live in. This is Funny Like a Clown Podcast. I'm your host, Dennis Worth. September 15th, 2020, the year of two, oh, 10 years from now, we're going to be talking about the year of 2020, man, like a crazy one. Uh, this is episode 77, cruising right along, as always, Final Clown Podcast, brought to you by G Vegas Buffalo Sauce, for the spicy, sweet, savory taste of game time, go to www.gvegas.webs.com, order up some buffalo sauce, lightning in your mouth. Here to discuss a, a comedian, uh... I guess uh, you'd have to put him at the top of his game, man, because uh, we'll get into it. If, if you're going for money, man, if that's your goal in comedy, this guy accomplished that. Ray Romano, uh, best known for Everybody Loves Raymond. Um, how did he get there? How did he do it? What's the path he took? Can we copy that path? Probably not because, you know, you don't always catch lightning in a bottle like the G Vegas Buffalo Sauce. Uh, it happens to a few people. They get lucky. Luck's a big part of the comedy business and, uh, you know. Even if you don't get lucky and hit the big time, as long as you're having fun, you never work a day in your life. Even if it stays a hobby for you, well, you, you give it all you got. If you have fun, in the end, whatever happens, happens. Uh, other than Everybody Loves Raymond, he's known for uh, the series of Ice Age films. And uh, there's many, many more of those than I thought there was, actually. And uh, I did watch the first few with my kid, then he grew up. And I'm, I'm a little old to watch cartoons by myself, but... <laughs> Uh, I do remember, I was entertained by the first couple, uh, but hey, people are having kids every day, so uh, I, can, I can see, you know, as long as you're making kid films, there's going to be kids around. Uh, known for the TNT drama, Men of a Certain Age, from 2009 to 2011, uh, that one didn't last very long, certainly wasn't a big hit, Everybody Loves Raymond was, but uh, not every idea you have goes over big, you have some big ones, you have some misses, just like baseball, okay, you have hits, you misses. Even Michael Jordan missed a jump shot every now and then in basketball, so, you know. Uh, but, man, you remember him for the ones he made, don't you? And you remember Ray Romano for all the big stuff that he did. Um, 2012 to 2015, he uh, did the, uh, he was doing a show called Parenthood. 2017, The Big Sick. 2019, one of my personal favorites. Uh, he was lucky enough to be in The Irishman. And, I mean... Yeah, he's at the top of his game. We, you know, everybody loves Raymond and everybody, you know, and uh, the Ice Age film series. And uh, but can you imagine? I mean, he had to he had to go for this, okay? Uh, he had to go to be in the Irishman because can you imagine your agent calling you up and saying, "Yeah, yeah, you got the role. Which role? Oh, the role with Martin Scorsese, Robert De Niro, and Joe Pesci." Okay, I mean. Yeah, okay, what hidden camera TV show? Am I getting punked here? Sure, I'm going to be working with those guys. I mean, those are the legends of film itself right there, man. And uh, you get the call to be in a movie with those guys, that's that's like, that's Godfather status right there, okay? You kiss the rings on Ray Romano's hand when you're in a movie like that. 
Joe Pesci was actually retired for that movie. He came out of retirement to film another movie with dinner on Martin Scorsese. And, uh, man, you had a chance to be in that. Uh, I mean, Ray must have made some phone calls and said, hey, can you get me in? And, you know, you, you want the younger generation, I guess, to, to be involved in the movie. And everybody knows the legends they are, the older generations. You got the older generation, the younger generation, and what a genius idea movie it was. Uh, and he played a serious role in that where, you know, most of his stuff, you know, Ice Age was a comedy. Everybody loves Rain was a comedy. Well, he got away from the comedy, played a serious role in The Irishman, and he pulled it off, too. It was believable, man, because, yeah, you know, you're looking, oh, there's Ray Romano from Everybody Loves Raymond, man. You're expecting the funny Ray, but he didn't show up. He played the serious role, and he pulled it off. Uh, you actually, you know, it didn't take away from the movie. You, you know, you remember him from Everybody Loves Raymond. You, you bought into the role he was playing, so hats off to him for turning into a uh, serious actor later on in his career. Let's see, I guess the present, uh, he's been a part of the Get Shorty comedy since 2017. Uh, how did the guy get his start? It's always interesting here, pal. How did people get their start in comedy, okay? And uh, we've had some some crazy ones on here. Uh, ways you wouldn't have thought people got their start. Uh, I guess this guy took the more traditional road. In uh, 1989, he was part of the Johnny Walker Comedy Search. And that was uh, directed by uh, Saturday Night Live film producer, alumni. And uh, he appeared on the Comedy Channel, and uh, apparently got noticed, uh, got himself on Comedy Central, and uh, uh, Star Search, okay? Now, if anybody, the younger generation, don't know what Star Search is, that was the American Idol of our time, okay? Before American Idol, they had Star Search with Ed McMahon hosted the thing, and they bring on local talent. If you won Star Search, man, it was... How many stars you could get? It was I think it was one through five stars. If you got five stars, you knocked it out of the park. So, uh, but just get you know just getting on a TV show like that, the recognition, whether you win it or not, you get noticed. I've said it before, you know, most uh, most uh, contests are rigged, but you do them just to get seen, okay? Because even if you don't win, there's a whole lot of people watching you there, and uh, it's a good way to get noticed. Uh, here's one I didn't know. This is probably the most surprising thing I knew about him because I was a fan of the show. He was supposed to be on uh, news radio, but he got uh, beat out by Joe Rogan, the other comedian, for the role. So the role that Joe Rogan uh, played on news radio was originally supposed to go to Ray Romano, and then uh, Joe Rogan beat him out for that role. So who who knows the path his career would have took had he uh, taken the gig on uh, news radio, but hey, hey, Joe Rogan, he's gone on to do some big stuff, I don't think he's hurting for nothing, there's another guy, Joe Rogan, we gotta do a podcast about him sometime, because uh, everything that guy touched has turned to gold, Fear Factor, from news radio to Fear Factor, to UFC fighting, to a podcast that I could only hope to, hope to touch with Funny Like Clown podcast, uh, the success that he's, uh, but uh, he's a great guy to look up to, man. You know, you try to model yourself after the people who succeed because uh, that's the path that people like. All right, so being on Star Search, being on Comedy Central, uh, led to a bigger bigger thing, being on uh, The Late Show with David Letterman. He got to perform some stand-up comedy on there. And like I said, guy got noticed, man. I don't know if he won or not, but he got noticed. Getting on The Late Show with David Letterman, somebody's watching you. Uh, you know, once he got on Letterman, okay, he made his ties with CBS, okay, because that's what Letterman was on at the time with CBS, and, uh, I always say that about comedy, you know, and I can't stand the young comics who, who don't get it, okay, they show up, like, right before their set, they do their set, and then they take off from the show, okay, and 
you, you're never going to make it in this career doing that. You're never going to get booked doing that, okay? You you want to make, because somebody once said that uh, about 90% of the gigs they got, they got from other comics. They didn't get them from bookers. They got from other comics, you know, putting on shows, okay? Yeah, occasionally you get booked by a big booker or something, but you want to get on a lot of shows, most of the ones you're going to get on from your comedy friends, because everybody's doing something and you get your friends in on it. And, um, you know... That's why you show up to a comedy show early. You don't get there right on time. That's why you're supposed to be a half hour early because you talk with the other comics for a half hour. Hey, what do you got going on? What do you got going on? Can you get me in on that? Sure. Can you get me on your? Sure. That's how you make connections. After the show's over, you don't leave after your set. You stay until the show's done. You support the show because that's who's going to get noticed, the people who stick around and support the shows. That's the one who's going to get the, the next big gig is the guy who stuck around, not the guy who took off early. After the show, you mingle. You talk to the other comics. You talk to the bookers. That's how you make the connections. Ray Romano, he was smart enough, made some connections with CBS from being on the Letterman show. And, uh... What, what what happens when you make connections with CBS? You get your own show called Everybody Loves Raymond with CBS. Uh, six Emmy nominations for lead actor. Uh, one in 2002. Uh, also, you know, other than getting the six Emmy nominations and winning in 2002, the show won two more. You know, him for an actor was nominated for six. He won one. The show itself in 2003 and 2005 won two more. I think, I think it was Best Comedy Series. Um, yeah, everybody was tuning into the show, man. I mean, this was like the big show of the time. Big, big hit. And, uh, it's not easy to have a big hit on television, man. Once you get it. I remember Three is Company. It was, uh, the original landlord was the Ropers. And, uh, the show was such a big hit. They offered the Ropers their own show. And the guy playing Mr. Roper said, I don't want it. They're like, everybody wants their own show. He's like, well, I don't. Like, well, why not? He's like, well, this is a big hit. This show, Three is Company, it's going to last for a bunch of years. I want to be a part of that. If I get my own show when it bombs, I'm out of the business. So it's like, so you, you know, it's not easy to get a hit show. When you when you get it, man, you, you you don't leave it. That's why I hate these bands, you know. They bust their ass, they hit the big time, they finally make it, then they break up. It's like everything you work for, you get. I know you're going to break up because of your petty differences. But uh, stupid move. Take the smart move, not the stupid move, man. Uh, let's see, uh, in 1998, uh, he was asked to do the opening monologue at the White House Correspondents Association dinner. Now, if you're getting invited to the White House, okay, not everybody gets invited to the White House as a comedian, okay? You've never seen Andrew Dice Clay go open at the White House, did you? No, because you got to be a clean comedian, you got to play into the politics, and this guy, he did it clean, he did it the family way. That's what's going to get you on gigs like that. So, uh, you know, it's it's a question, and I've heard it from all the big names tell you the same thing, man. Every big name I've worked with in comedy, uh, from Jimmy Walker to Good Times to Lenny Clark, the Boston legend, to Steve Sweeney, the Boston legend, uh, uh, you know, Jackie the Joke Man and uh, Stuttering John from the Howard Stern Show, they all say the same thing, man. If you want to get the big money in the business, you got to work clean. If you want to have fun and be broke and go do your dirty routine and have fun, and uh, I know, me personally, you know, I, I not that I'm a filthy comic, but I tell some dirty jokes, and I know I'd get booked more if I worked clean, but I wouldn't be having any fun, because that's what I always found funny in comedy, was the things that shocked me, the Sam Kennison jokes that went me go, oh, what did he just say? I don't believe he just said that, see? I'm the straight guy in my real life. When I do the comedy, I want to take a break from being the straight guy, and I want to have some fun, okay? So, and uh, hey, nothing against, you know, there's some... 
guy's doing clean comedy and they're doing a lot of big shows, man, and I do less, but hey, I do what I do and I have fun and you got to make a choice in comedy what you want to do. But if you want, this guy went for the money and he, he went for the White House correspondence uh, gigs and good for him because he got them. Uh, let's see, uh, never seen Bill Burr at the White House, have you? I'm guessing they're not going to invite him, but that guy's got a following like crazy because he's Bill Burr, does dirty comedy, and he's funny as hell doing it. So, uh, hey, there's an audience no matter what you do, it's just a tougher road, you know? You need more of a, you need a podcast, more of a cult following like we got here on Funny on Clown Podcast. That's what's going to get you there, um... Uh, you always say this, if you ever make it big, don't ever forget where you came from. And I can't stand the comics who hit the big time and they forget where they came from. Um, he brought his uh, friend Kevin James on. Uh, everybody loves Raymond, and I remember he was like a guest star on a couple of episodes before anybody knew who Kevin James was. Ray Romano was the guy, you know, he's friends with him in the comedy club, and when he made it big, hey, I'm going to bring my friends from the comedy club on the show because that's what you do in comedy in any life. You take care of your friends. Uh, that learned in, he did a movie with him, Grilled, um, yeah, they've been connected in a bunch of stuff, uh, Kevin James, and, uh, hats off to Rear Mono for giving back, just like Rodney Dangerfield brought us the next generation of comedy, it's a responsibility, you give back, bring forward the next generation, and I've tried to do that, man, I've tried to help some comics out, they just, they, the younger generation don't want to listen. I was smart enough when I get involved, I listen to all the comics that are working the big clubs. I listen to what they had to say and I learned. I didn't say, nah, man, this is what I think you should be doing. Didn't matter what I thought they should be doing, okay? Because I ain't done jack shit in the business yet. All right? You want to preach to somebody, accomplish something first, okay? Um, I've had plenty of 20-year-old kids attack me. And I, my question is, why would I listen to you? I'm doing big shows and you're hitting open mics, okay? You ain't got nothing I want to hear. If you're smart, you'll sit back and learn. Maybe you'll be on the big shows, too. Welcome to how it works. Welcome to real life. But, hey, when I was 20 years old, I probably didn't listen to anybody either, so it's a part of maturity, okay? <laughs> Maturing in life. Let's see. Um, and uh, on the 2000th episode of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, he was a celebrity guest on that show. And uh, I guess he uh, went on there to play for his charity. And that show wasn't on long, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? But it was such a big hit. And it was such a big hit, they oversaturated it. It was on once a week, and everybody tuned it in. And, hey, how come we put it on twice a week? Put it on three times. We'll put it on every single night, and then they burnt the show up. But uh, I guess they made their money before they burnt it out. And if you get Everybody Loves Raymond showing up to be on it, then uh, you're, you're certainly at the top of the game. Good for him. They're uh, giving the charity, giving back... Uh, a responsibility. It's not even a, a choice. It's a responsibility. Um, 2004, okay? Now, if you take every show that's ever been on television, in 2004 he became the highest paid actor in the history of uh, television for Everybody Loves Raymond. They were giving him the biggest paycheck ever. And uh, how much was he making? Well, we don't know exactly how much he was making, but let's say this. The show broke records for the highest revenue ever for a sitcom grossing $3.9 billion, not million, $3.9 billion, so everybody's tuned in, you can charge the sponsors a whole lot of money to advertise them because people are watching, and you know, it sounds like a lot of money, $3.9 billion, but the cost of doing the show, you know, hey, the sets, the actors, or, you know, paying him, you know, the highest paid actor of all time, I mean, it's, it's not cheap, I'm doing a small budget movie right now, uh, called The World Needs a New Superhero. We're in filming right now. 
And I'm spending thousands of dollars just on a small budget movie, okay? So I'm spending thousands on a small budget. Can you imagine how much it costs to produce a show like Everybody Loves Raymond? No, I mean, yeah, you're making a lot of money, but yeah, you're spending a lot of money, too. And uh, Nobody was going broke over there, but that's what you're in the business for. To hit the big time, bam, they hit it with that show. Uh, he was another celebrity on The Price is Right, one of the all-time game shows of all time, for Barb Barker's 80th birthday special. So, uh, man, that's something else right there. That had to be uh, after Bob Barker retired right there. And, uh, you know, but yeah, Price is Right still the Price is Right, man. Uh, I'm sure. Get on that show, pay tribute to Bill Barker, make some more money for charity. And, uh, hey, who wants to be a millionaire? Bob Barker's uh, Price is Right 80th birthday special. Come on. This is all big-time stuff we all dreamed we were doing as a kid. Man, if I could get on that show, if I get on that show. Well, he got on the show. Um, how popular are you? Okay, you, when you're so big, okay, and they did this with Michael Jordan a lot. If you can't get Michael, he's so big, he's going to turn down, you know, turn you down. What do you do? Instead of talking to him, you talk about him. Uh, he was the subject of a documentary, uh, 95 Miles to Go, on the uh, TV show TV Land, uh, where they did a documentary about him. So if uh, TV Land can't get him to come on TV Land, he's so big, what do you do? Talk about him instead, okay? I've had some big guests on Funny Like a Plan podcast. I can't get everybody I want on the show, so instead of getting them, what do I do? Hey, we talk about them, because it's ton of fun to talk about the people you admire in the comedy business and what they've done and what you hope to do someday and, uh, you know, what you dream about doing, okay? I dream about Funny Like a Clown podcast being as big as the Joe Rogan podcast someday. Probably never happened, man, but it gives you something to shoot for, so, uh, and it's fun. I'm having fun, and as long as you're having fun, and I hope you guys are having fun with me, because we're learning stuff, okay? We're learning stuff on this podcast about comedy. And, you know, I, I assume most of the people tuned in are comedians. And, you know, that's why we love the business. Because he's the guy we grew up idolizing. Some of the smaller stuff that he's been on. Uh, the Office, The Middle, The Simpsons. I, I think I've mentioned The Simpsons with every big name comedian I've had on. Man, they just, I guess if you're the longest running cartoon in the history of television... And you're that big. If they come calling, how do you turn down the Simpsons? You don't. That's why they've had so many comedians on. But, man, they've connected to every big-name comedian in the business. Uh, he was on The Nanny, one of the big shows of the 80s. Uh, Sesame Street, the godfather of children's television. Uh, Hannah Montana, the modern-day children's television show. My kid used to watch that. I remember Hannah Montana. Uh, as we mentioned, Men of a Certain Age on TNTV with Scott Bakula and Andre Brasher. Um... Geez, I remember Scott Bakley. He was just coming off of Star Trek, which is another huge franchise. And, uh, you know, with him and Ray Romano together, you thought that show was going to be a big hit, but only lasted a couple of years and probably wouldn't last that long if they didn't have the big stars in them. But uh, I guess that was one that didn't go with those big names. But you don't always catch lightning in a bottle, man. It's a magical thing when it happens. And like I said, when it happens, you make the most of it. Uh, as we mentioned, he voiced the mammoth, uh, Manny, in the Ice Age film series. And uh, there were more of these than I thought. I thought they did a couple or two, three of them, but no, I was wrong. They did Ice Age in 2002, uh, Ice Age, The Meltdown in 2006, Dawn of Dinosaurs 2009, Continental Drift in 2012, Collision Course in 2016. So one, two, three, four, five Ice Age movies. Uh, I mean, you're doing five movies, you know, you don't do a second movie unless people are liking it. You don't do a third movie unless people are liking it, okay? You get to a trilogy, that's a magical thing. When you've made five of the same premise, people are digging what you're doing. Highest paid actor for Everybody Loves Raymond. Five movies, 
uh, Ice Age series and uh, Patrick Stewart of Star Trek. Uh, he once said, you know, you can never have too many franchises because he was a big hit in the Star Trek series, big hit in the X-Men series, and, uh, you know, you, two of the top things, uh, you know, of all time, Star Trek and X-Men. Well, everybody loves Raymond in the Ice Age series. You, you, you can't have too many franchises. This guy was doing it all. Doing it in TVs, doing it in movies. I did local television, the, the Comedy Kitchen. I did win an award for that, and uh, now I'm doing films, and I hope to win an award for that. So if I can win an award in TV, an award in film, to a much lesser level, I follow the steps of Ray Romano, who then is one of the comedy legends of our time. Um, again, man, everybody's going to this place. 2019, he signed on with Netflix. Um... For uh, for a comedy, uh, Paddington, uh, everybody's going to Netflix. They're they're offering up the big bucks. They're becoming the new Comedy Central. Everybody's going over there. Uh, they got so many subscribers, man. People are going to the internet to watch this stuff. They're not going to TV to watch it anymore. They're not going to the movies to watch it anymore. Especially with the COVID, you can't go to the movies. You can watch TV, but they're charging an arm and a leg. So for a quarter of the price, you can go to the internet and start watching stuff. And that's why everybody's going to Netflix. Because it's a much more affordable thing. And... Uh, Man, they're getting all the big comedians over there at Netflix. Uh, everybody does a special. That's where they want. Everybody wanted to be on Comedy Central. Not anymore, man. You want the big comedy special hit, you want to go to Netflix. So that's the uh, current current high point of comedy is if you get on Netflix. It used to be, hey, I want to get on Comedy Central. Not anymore. Now it's, hey, I want to get my own Netflix special. That's where they can make you a star over there. Uh, here's one you may not have known about him. He is an avid poker player, and uh, I got hooked on poker for a while. And I was pretty good at it, but uh, the casino I went to was so far from my house, it's like I had to win a few hundred bucks just to break even for the gas money just to get up there. And when gas prices shot through the roof, I stopped playing poker. But I did make a little bit of money at it. It was pretty good. Uh, probably not as good as this guy, man. Uh, 2007, 2008, 2009, 2010, 2011... 2012, he took a break, obviously. 2013, 2015, he was in the World Series of Poker. And uh, that's the big event in the poker tournament there that all the casinos are involved in. That's the uh, the World Series of Poker. It's like the World Series of Baseball. It's like the Super Bowl. It's like the NBA Finals. That's the big one. And uh, you win the World Series of Poker, you get a nice gold bracelet you get to wear on your wrist, and you go down as one of the legends of poker. Um... Uh, you know, this is his personal life, you know, because everybody, you know, you can't just do comedy. You need a break from comedy. What does he do? He plays poker. What else does he do? 2010, he was on the Golf Channel's, uh, The Hanny Project, where that was a show where Tiger Woods would try to improve your golf game. So, uh, Ray went on there trying to improve his golf game, and I think he wanted to get it down to an 80. I don't know if he did that or not. Uh, in addition to that, he's a regular at the, uh, Pebble Beach National Pro-Am Tournament. So, poker player, golf player... <laughs> hit TV show, hitting the movies. Um, here's one. I mean, you know, you think, hey, Ray Romano, the big star, he must have lots of women. No, he met his wife uh, before he was a big star working in a bank together. And uh, they stuck together, man. So he ain't paying no child support. Good for him. Uh, he actually, his kids are probably happy and not miserable in life because they had both mom and dad. They didn't have mom and a paycheck. They had mom and dad. And, uh, Later on, um, he actually brought his kids on the show. Everybody loves Raymond. They had some extra roles. I guess he brought his wife on there, too. Uh, and he said when he did that show, he was really close to uh, 
Doris Roberts. She played the mom on Everybody Loves Raymond, and she was a veteran actor. I remember she was uh, the secretary on Scarecrow and Mrs. King. That was one of the shows I watched in the 80s, and uh, that was the show she did before Everybody Loves Raymond. She was a secretary. That was uh, one of the girls from Charlie's Angels there, Kate Jackson and uh, Bruce Boxleitner. That was a great show. I love that show, Scarecrow and Mrs. King. And uh, when I first tuned in, Everybody Loves Raymond, I first said, that's the secretary from Scarecrow and Mrs. King. But I guess they became close friends, and she, you know, Ray Romano said she really helped him be comfortable on set. And I totally get that, because, you know, when I did TV, we did the Comedy Kitchen, the early episodes, I had no idea what I was doing. We didn't even took a class, figured out how to run the stuff. They gave us a TV show, and, you know, the early episodes, you know, I, I wouldn't know. I'd be talking over here, and the camera would be over here, and it's like the people at home are saying, who the hell is he talking to? And I'm supposed to be talking to people at home. And that's when I learned the uh, the term working a camera. You learn how to work a camera. Toward the later episodes, we were putting out a professional project. I, I knew where to look, when to joke, where to point my joke to. It's called working a camera. Well, I guess she really helped Ray Romano learn how to work a camera. Be comfortable. Don't don't try to be an actor. Try to be natural. Be yourself. Forget the cameras are even there. That's how you become a good actor. Forget there's even a camera on you. Just do your thing like you do it in normal life. Uh, surprisingly, as big as this guy was, we didn't have a whole lot of people that uh, wrote in about him. We got a couple of people wrote in, but everybody's busy with COVID, so you know it's got time to write in about your favorite comedian. We got stuff going on, but uh, let's see what the couple people that did write in have to say. And uh, let's see. Mike Jacob writes in, uh, married to Deborah, a hot woman, and, uh, yeah, Mike's a friend of mine, he's a horny old man, uh, he's the guy you keep the kids away from, it's crazy Uncle Manolo messing with him, <laughs> he, he is a little bit of a crazy guy, but, uh, that wasn't his real wife, Mike, it was just on the show, but, uh, let's see, uh, Lisa Carrie Hignan, she ate a fly, that sounds like it must have been one of the episodes where somebody ate a fly and everybody rolls Raymond, maybe it was a joke of his, uh, I do remember from his stand-up career, one of his, uh, one of my favorite jokes, it's his joke, I'm not trying to steal it, but, uh, he did a joke about, uh, how prostitution was legal in Vegas, he's like, the only downfall of Vegas is so damn hot out there, but he said, I'd rather be, you know, in Vegas in 110 degree weather than back home in 70 degree there, you know why? Legalized prostitution, I cracked up, it was such a funny joke, such a funny premise, uh, Making connections, man. This guy, you know, uh, got his opportunity, made the most of his opportunities, you know. Uh, I remember my first big shot was when I first got Steve Sweeney. He was a Boston legend, and we got him to agree to come on the Comedy Kitchen. I was so thankful that he didn't did it, you know. And I, he didn't walk in the door, and I said, yeah, 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 I'm a big shot TV guy. You, you, you know, you showed up. I'm going to tell you to do things. No, I can't. Hey, Steve, thank you very much for showing up. I appreciate you taking the time. Never talk down to the people in front of you in this business, and I wish the 20-year-old kids learned that, but, hey, when I was 20 years old, I was I was doing stupid shit, too, so I guess with age comes wisdom, and uh, Ray Romano, very wise guy, made the most of his opportunities, went on to be, you know, the highest-paid guy ever, and uh, I guess if people are ever bragging to you how big of a comic you are, you say, yeah, what's your paycheck? Oh, okay, well, here's mine, highest-paid actor ever, and Boom, that kind of ends the conversation right there. Let's end the conversation on that note, I guess. Funny Like Clown Podcast, man. Learning the stuff about comedians. Uh, tell your friends, tell your neighbors. Tune in because hopefully everybody's got a favorite comedian. And, and if, if we have done a, 
episode about your favorite comedian to learn some stuff you didn't know about him. And if we haven't done a podcast yet about your favorite comedian, write into the show and uh, hopefully we get to them soon because we're gonna we're gonna go for the the big Comedy Central 100 Greatest Comedians of All Time list. And then uh, we're gonna go off that and do some more. Hopefully we hit your favorite comedian. Tell your friends because they got a favorite comedian too. Tell somebody a joke. Keep laughing. Laughter is the best medicine. Till next week. Laugh. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.